Uh, start with a couple questions uh, this morning. Do words matter? Yeah. You remember that uh, thing that we used to say to each other, like when we were little kids? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That is such a, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It's the, it's the name calling and the things that we say to each other that sticks longer, right? That, the, the hurt from that goes on and on. You know, we get, we get over the, you know, the punch in the nose or whatever, but sometimes something that's said to us sticks with us for our whole life. You know, so you've said words matter. So then this one makes just all kinds of sense then. Do words matter? Do your words matter to God? Yeah. You know, ever since time began, words have mattered and words have really made the difference. The difference. Uh, go clear back to the time in which uh, the serpent came to Eve. What did he do? He used words, right? He used words for deception. He turned and flipped and twisted God's words around, but he was using words. Then Eve used words to coax Adam to also partake of the, the fruit. Then Adam used words to say to God, it wasn't my fault. It was that woman that you gave me, you know, words. It was all words. And, and so from, th from that point, the very beginning, words have been used to do, to do either great things or to do either terrible things. Um, let us not forget, and I read this scripture a few weeks back, let us not forget what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, 36 and 37. He said this, it was, it was really, really something. He said, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. Okay? So words definitely matter, and, and you guys agree with that. You said so. And, and I think that that's something that we need to, we need to uh, stand on this morning. Our words matter. Our words matter, and what we say matters. We've already talked about how our words should be edifying, our words should be uplifting. Our words should be pure. Uh, we were challenged to clean up our language and use words that will help people see Jesus a few, word, uh, a few weeks back. Our words are our first impression, so they're vital to our testimony. So the things that we say, the things that come out of our mouth, the way that we speak is vital to the testimony that we have to people around us that we're either a Jesus follower or we're maybe not, you know, maybe wishy-washy. Does anybody want to be wishy-washy? It just doesn't even sound good, does it? Are you wishy-washy? No, it doesn't sound good. 
So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to um, read from the book of James. Uh, this is our last uh, series. This is our last uh, week in James. We're, we've, uh, we've gone through some of James. We could go through so much more. We can stay in James for a very long time, really. But um, this is our last week in James. Starting next week, we're going to be uh, talking about prayer. And we're going to do kind of a series on prayer. And so I hope that you'll, uh, you'll be excited about that and maybe invite some others. And uh, really, we'll be able to talk about prayer and what that means and, and how we pray and, and uh, how vital that is for our walk with the Lord. But today is James, and we're going to uh, be using James chapter 3, and we're going to read 1 through 12. Will you stand with me as we read through these verses? James 3, 1 through 12. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they're guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members it stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can, be, or neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. Thank you for standing with me. You may be seated. There's a lot there, right? That's a, lot to, that's a lot to unpack, so to speak, right? Certainly is. Right off the bat, James uh, is comparing our tongues with a bit in horses' mouths. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not a farmer. I'm not a, a horse person. I haven't raised animals. Uh, I've ridden a horse. But I, and, and so I know just from that much and then from looking it up, basically, that an average size horse is 1,200 pounds. That's big. That's a lot. And, uh, I mean, that's not like a Clydesdale. That's bigger. But, you know, we're talking about just like an average horse, 1,200 pounds. And I'm sure that can vary 100 pounds, 200 pounds, either way. But 1,200 pounds. And you put a bit in their mouth and you use a bit, which is really probably not, 
much bigger than the size of my fist, and used this bit to control this this 1,200-pound animal, make it go different directions, stop, go, you know, all of these things. And so it's really incredible that James is comparing the tongue to this bit in the horse's mouth. He also compares it to the rudder of a ship. Now, uh, I'm going to use the Titanic as an example. These days, the Titanic's small compared to the cruise ships that we have now. I don't know if anybody's seen that picture of the Titanic and cruise ship behind it, like a modern cruise ship behind it. It's incredible. Like the modern cruise ship is so much bigger than the Titanic. But we use that word Titanic to describe something really big, don't we? Wow, that's Titanic. You know, it's big. It's big. And so uh, we think of the, the Titanic and we say, well, you know, the Titanic had a rudder that, um, that history tells us was 78 feet high. Now that seems really big, but the Titanic was almost 900 feet long. And so then it, you don't think it's really all that big. And so this huge ship and huge ships are uh, controlled really by really smaller pieces of material that, you know, the pilot uses to control their direction. James also compares the tongue to a small fire that sets a forest ablaze. And that made me think of that song, It Only Takes a Spark to Get a Fire Going. You guys all know that song? Yeah? And it's true. It, it, unless, you, unless you want to light a fire that you can all sit around and have, and have conversation, then no one can get the fire started. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. You set things on fire and you put it in there and it won't light. It won't get the, the logs just won't go, you know, and so it's, it's frustrating. But, but really what's true is that a lot of times just a spark can get a fire going. And so what we've seen over the years, we've seen that campfires, someone will have a campfire and they won't put it out and they'll leave it smoldering or whatever and wind comes along and here comes a forest fire and then they can't control the fire. It just goes. It takes off. Thousands of homes have been destroyed because of carelessness with a fire. I think that what, that's what James is getting at. I think that's what James is trying to help us to understand. He say, uh, he's, he's telling us that our words, our tongues, our words, our communication, uh, this little muscle in our mouth, <laughs> this little muscle in our mouth, it really is strong. It's a really strong little muscle. Um, it, it causes us and it helps us to uh, form words. And he's saying that our words can take us in one direction or another, like the bit in the horse's mouth or the rudder or the ship. It can take us in one direction or another. He's saying that our words can be a soothing mist, like that of a, um, of a uh, what do we call it, diffuser. Anybody have a diffuser? Oh, they're, they're so wonderful, aren't they? Put those scents in them, and it just, it just makes the room smell so good, and it's soothing, and we have different things that we put in them. It does different things for us, you know. And our words can be that way. Our words can be soothing. Our words can be something that will help soothe the situation or soothe the person. But then he's saying that our words can also be the, uh, the, the opposite of that. They can take a situation and set it on fire. And, and maybe you've experienced that. 
Maybe you've experienced where tensions were high, you know, there was, a, there was something going on, maybe in a family or maybe in a, in a friendship or maybe in a, in a work uh, environment, and, and it, was, it was tense, it was awkward, it was, it was difficult, and someone came in and said the wrong thing, and boom, it blew up, right? You ever experienced that? I've seen it. I've seen it. In our day, this has become even more evident. Let me explain. Our words are no longer only that which comes out of our mouths. You hearing me? <laughs> you see, in the day of James, uh, it was pretty much what just came out of your mouth. And James was speaking of what comes out of your mouth. But uh, James may not have realized it, but God certainly did. That at some point in history, there was going to be this time, let's just call it 2022, okay, where words were going to be used in a lot of different ways. Not just what came out of your mouth, but also what was maybe typed or what was shared or what was put on, uh, you know, in a picture, because pictures tell stories, right? Video. Maybe like a little TikTok going on. And some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But there's this, this, uh, this app, TikTok, and you do these short little videos, and they can be good, and they can be bad. Now, before you're thinking, okay, he's preaching against social media. I am not. I am not. I am not preaching against social media. Although I will say, 20 years ago, I could have said something to a friend and it may have gotten around to five or six people. Now I put it on my Facebook and it goes out to hundreds. And if it's shared, hundreds more. Just the way it is. But before you think I'm preaching against social media, let me just say this I believe that the forms of social media are great. I think Facebook's great. I think. Instagram's great. I think uh, TikTok's great. Uh, Twitter. Uh, what else? Snapchat. Anything else? <laughs> You're saying, no, that's not great. <laughs> YouTube, whatever. You know, there's a lot of forms of media that we can use these days. And I think it, it's all fine. It's all great. As long as we're using it the right way. <laughs> Words that come out of our mouth can be good or bad. Words that we type can be good or bad. Words can be spoken, they can be written, they can be typed, they can be shared, they can be in a picture, they can be in a video. And all of those things today in 2022 are setting our world on fire. They're setting our world on fire. Let me read again. Verses 5 and 6. 5 and 6. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. Now, I don't want to do damage to the scripture this morning, but 
we could replace, uh, so, so too, the phone is a small part, <laughs> right? That little phone, it's a small part. It's a little tiny thing. They got bigger and bigger, but they're, they're small. Wow. Both great things. Consider how small... A fire, uh, how small, how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I just want to say that at this time in our world, our words with one another are literally making this world um, a, a volatile place a place that doesn't feel safe anymore. Words stir emotion. Words set things in motion. And when words stir our emotion, words, whether fact or not, become our reality. And our world is suffering because the darkness in people's hearts is coming out in their words and their messages. There are many standing around fanning the flames of this vitriol communication and then wondering why the world uh, is, is so violent and so uh, difficult to live in. What they need to do is they need to step back and look at James and see that the tongue, our words, are, a, are, are flaming a fire. They're a world of iniquity and the world is being consumed with a lack of control of the tongue, a lack of control of our words. Now, that's talking about what's going on in the world. But James isn't talking to the world, is he? He's not. He's not writing this to the world. He's writing this to the church. Now, that's, that's important. Because it's real easy for us to say, yeah, those people out there, you know, yeah, there's, you know, that, that group, you know, and start just pointing fingers and blaming. But God never really wants us to do that, does he? He wants us to look at ourselves in the mirror. James talked about that. He wants us to look ourselves in the mirror and think, okay, am I doing anything that is causing this fire to be flamed, this world to become a volatile place? James is, is speaking to the, the Jerusalem church about their current state of affairs and how their tongue, their words are undermining their faith. Now, we as the church must be leaders, right? Um, my, my former pastor at East Canton, he, he used to say and, and still does say, um, and it's so true, that every single one of us is a leader because we have at least one person to lead, and that is ourselves. So how well are you leading yourself? It's a good question, isn't it? And so we're all leaders. We're, we're leaders, we're examples, we're influencers. We hear that term these days. We have people who are social influencers, right? Right? You ever heard that term? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Some of you do. But there are social influencers. And these people, they're making a living of being on social media and trying to influence people 
towards certain things. We are all influencers. You really have a great role to play. You really do. You're a leader. You're an example. You're an influencer. You have great power. You just haven't realized it yet, maybe. Maybe you have. If you have, that's great. If you have and you're using it the right way, that's even better. But we're all in the church. We are this. We are, we are people that we, we need to use our tongues, our words to bring peace, to uplift, to enable people, to respect each other, to have compassion on people, to influence people, to have compassion on each other. Our words cannot, cannot keep stoking the flame. Um, there are times that, that I read something on social media. If maybe maybe you, you're, you're like this too. I'll read something on social media and it does something in me. You've been there? It makes you, just go, you know? And you want to respond. Right? And sometimes you sit there and you do respond. And you're typing and you're typing and you're typing. And then you get done typing and you're ready to hit enter. And then something inside of you, I believe it's the Holy Spirit, says, you don't really want to hit enter there. <laughs> read that again. And you go back and you read it. And you're like, ooh, that sounds pretty harsh. And the Holy Spirit says, delete that. And so you say, well, I'll delete this. And you delete that. And he says, no, you didn't delete enough. <laughs> delete that. No, delete that. And then pretty soon, you don't have anything. The comment's gone because you deleted the whole thing. And then you think, well, what's, I need to pray for that person. <laughs> it, comes back, it comes back to that. We must extinguish as, as, as people of God. As the church of, of our Lord, we need to extinguish the flames of hatred. We need to extinguish the flames of discontent. We need to extinguish the flames of politics. <laughs> we need to extinguish the flames of violence. Our good words, our moral words, our peacekeeping words, our positive words are powerful. Our words can be used in great and powerful ways. Like I said, we have opportunities that sometimes I don't think we realize we even have. But we have those opportunities. Uh, if, if words have the power to light a fire that is consuming our society, then words also have the power to heal in our society but as the people of God, we better take initiative. Now, as we read down through the text of James, um, James tells us that the people of God cannot have a double tongue. People of God cannot have a double tongue. It doesn't make sense for a follower of Jesus to have a double tongue. What is James talking about here? He's basically saying we can't bless here when we're around each other and then uh, go out there and pick a fight with someone who doesn't agree with us. 
We cannot be all supportive and positive here and then go out and bash people and tear people down who disagree with us or who make us angry. A double tongue is something that a follower of Jesus cannot have. And it's easy to fall into this trap. It's easy. It really is. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples very quickly uh, that will help you to see this. Uh, You ever heard of uh, the Apostle Peter? If you've read the word, you've heard that guy, heard of that guy before. At one point, Peter was saying to Jesus, listen, Jesus, if, and I'm paraphrasing all this, listen, Jesus, if, if everyone else walks away from you, I won't. I'll be right by your side. You can count on me. Everyone else might leave your side. I'm not going to leave your side. You can count on me. It wasn't very long after that that he was standing in around a fire, and he's standing around the fire warming himself, and he said, I don't know the man. A double tongue. A double tongue. We mentioned James and John in the time of communion. And James and John, they, they, were, they, were, they were considered, the, you know, the sons of thunder. And yet John was also uh, called beloved. And, and John said something like this. He said, little children love one another. He says that in Scripture. Little children love one another. <laughs> he also said when, when they wouldn't accept them in Samaria, he also went up to Jesus and said with his brother James, let's call down uh, lightning and consume these people. You see what I'm saying? We need to be consistent with what we say. We need to be consistent with our words. Why do we need to be consistent using our words for good? Because when we don't, we show a hypocrisy in our life that ruins our testimony, but not just our testimony, but the testimony of the church of God. Why has the church been the, uh, the object of ridicule? For, for some reasons, not fair. But for other reasons, very fair. Because the church at times has been hypocritical with their words. (laughs) We talk about loving one another and talking about loving the world. And then we use our words in different ways to show the world that we don't have love for them. We have got to get this right for people to believe our message. You can't and you won't and you can't control your tongue the way God wants you to without his help. And so here's a final thought to take to heart this morning. Fixing our words doesn't start with our tongue or our fingertips. It starts with our heart. Right? It doesn't start with our tongue. It doesn't start with our fingertips. It starts with our heart. You you have to be fully surrendered to the authority of Jesus over your entire self. Folks, that is why when you type a response to something that kind of got under your skin online, that is why when when you are under the authority of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that is why you stop, 
You look at it, you read it again, you pray about it, then you delete it. Jesus, have all of me. Have every part of me. Start in my heart of hearts and infiltrate every part of me, Lord. Even my tongue and maybe, uh, maybe um, even my fingertips. So maybe today you want to start by submitting not your tongue to the Lord. And not your fingertips, but submitting your heart. Submitting your heart. If you want to do that, I encourage you to use a time of when we're going to sing to pray. These altars are always open. You can pray at these altars. You may want to stand where you're at and pray where you're at. But I want to tell you that when we get done with a message and God's word has been spoken and we sing, we're singing a song... That is a time of response. That is a time of responding to what you've heard and saying, Lord, yes, I agree with this. Have all of me. <laughs> I'm surrendering my all to you. And so maybe you want to do that today. Because, folks, our words matter. They matter to us. They matter to others. And they matter to God. Well, let's make sure that we're using them to honor the Lord Jesus and point people towards him. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Will you stand with me? Before I pray with, with, for you, I just want to say um, I have a handout today to kind of help um, direct your, your thoughts and your application of this, of this sermon. So you'll grab that handout from Myron. He'll be back there with that. But uh, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, as we bow before you and as we're just, Lord, we're, we're always challenged by your word. But James has challenged us over and over again. He has challenged us, God. And he's challenged us to be more like you. He's challenged us to, to live our lives in such a way that honors you and that points people towards you. And today... Lord, as we have read from this third chapter of James, we have heard how important it is to use our words in the right way. In a way, Lord, that will help people to see you, to hear you, to experience you. Lord, we want to have words that will edify and lift up soothing words in situations that are volatile that we will be peacemakers in this world. And we'll do that, Lord, first and foremost with the words that we use. Lord, you said in your word, blessed are the peacemakers. And we want to be those kind of people. We want to be people who make peace with our words. With our words and then with our actions. But let it start with our words, Lord. Let it start with what we say. Let it start with what we type. Let it start with what we share. Let it start with us. Help us, the church, your church, to be people who lead the way in using our words in the right way. Bless us now, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.